Hello, and welcome to the Argentina Project podcast. Stay informed about political and economic developments in Argentina and U.S.-Argentina relations. This podcast is a production of the Argentina Project of the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. Welcome back to the Argentina Project podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan, director of the Latin America program here at the Wilson Center. Argentina's election is upon us. June is the deadline for candidates to register. August is the primary. The election is in October. So far, as is typical in most countries, foreign policy questions have not loomed large in the public debate in Argentina. Instead, the likely candidates, including Finance Minister Sergio Massa, Interior Minister Eduardo Guado de Pedro, Buenos Aires Mayor Horacio Rodriguez Larreta, former Security Minister Patricia Bullrich, and libertarian lawmaker Javier Millet have largely focused on economic challenges. These challenges include how to navigate Argentina's economic morass. Inflation this year will exceed 100%. GDP is shrinking, and the country is running out of hard currency. Crime is also on the minds of voters in Argentina, given the government's struggles to address violence, including in the city of Rosario. But the election could have significant impacts on Argentina's foreign policy, including its strategic relationships with the United States, the United Kingdom, and China. After all, there is little consensus in Argentina regarding core foreign policy questions, such as the value of free trade agreements, the right approach to dictatorships in the region, such as in Venezuela, and the appropriate response to Russia's brutal invasion of Ukraine. In terms of Argentina's ties to the United States, for all the talk of shared values, the relationship has historically seesawed, depending on who is sitting in the Casa Rosada and the White House. Relations were distant for 12 years under Nestor Kirchner and Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. By contrast, under Argentina's last president, Mauricio Macri, cooperation with the United States intensified. In 2016, when I worked at the White House, U.S. President Barack Obama traveled to Buenos Aires. The next year, Macri had a meeting in the Oval Office. The U.S.-Argentina relationship has run hot and cold under Argentina's current leader, Alberto Fernandez. Fernandez irked the White House when he visited Moscow just before the war broke out. But he later earned a White House visit when he agreed to attend the Summit of the Americas, held in 2022 in Los Angeles, amid calls for a boycott over the exclusion of the region's authoritarian rulers. To discuss the implications of Argentina's election on the country's foreign policy, I'm delighted to welcome Francisco de Santibanez, a friend, a Wilson Center Global Fellow, a prolific writer on foreign policy, and the vice president of the Consejo Argentino para las Relaciones Internacionales, known widely as CARI. Francisco, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Francisco, you're following the election closely. Like me, I'm sure you're looking for hints that foreign policy is registering in the public debate or in elite conversations. My question is, is that the case? Have you heard anyone talking about foreign policy so far in this presidential election? Not a lot. I would say we have three main sectors competing for the presidency. We have the Peronist Party with Cristina Kirchner that she announced that she's not running, but she's the main player of that sector. Then we have Cambiemos, the main opposition coalition, 
And finally, the new kid on the block, that's Millet. We don't know much about him, especially in foreign policy. So I would say the the coalition that's working uh, with a with a plan about foreign policy, and we know more about that, is Cambiemos. No, or, uh, basically the pro party. That's the party that belongs that was created by Mauricio Macri and the Radical Party. So we have a more clear vision about what they will do in a future government. In the case of Millet, he only has said that he wants an automatic alignment with the U.S. and Israel. He doesn't have a, a foreign policy team working. And in the case of Christina, we are almost certain that she will continue similar policies in foreign policy than we have seen in the current government. Uh, there are some divisions within the, the Peronist party regarding foreign policy. But I will say we should not expect major changes if the if the Peronists win the election. Francisco, in general, are you expecting big changes in Argentina's international relationships following this election? For example, should Juntos por el Cambio, the center-right opposition coalition, return to power? Would you expect a major shift back? toward a closer relationship with the United States? Would Argentina's China dynamic shift whatsoever? Would the country address its dispute with Great Britain over the Falkland Islands, known in Argentina as the Islas Malvinas, uh, change at all? What what would we expect to experience externally in watching Argentina post-election in October? I will say that the, the discussion in Argentina among the elites, both at the universities and the political world regarding foreign policy is basically what to do, uh, how to position ourselves in this conflict between the U.S. and China. And then there are some differences. I would say that the Peronists feel more comfortably dealing with the global south, especially in terms of idea. Uh, sometimes that's not possible because of financial problems, so they feel they have to get closer again to the U.S., but in terms of idea, values, they feel more comfortable dealing with with BRICS, maybe, with no-alignment countries. And then you have uh, the, the main opposition parties, pro-radical uh, party, that I would say they would like to have a closer relation with the U.S., both in terms of interest and in terms of values. Uh, not everyone thinks alike. We have two main presidential candidates from that coalition. There are uh, Patricia Bullrich and Horacio Rodríguez Larreta. I will say Patricia Bullrich is more ideologically driven, and in that sense she feels uh, closer to the Western Alliance. But the consensus is that we should trade with China, with India. We have we need their investment, but there are some red lines that we should not cross, and that has to do with a military alliance, uh, a major political alliance that would provoke the United States. And finally, we have Milley. That, as I mentioned, he has not been quite precise about what he thinks about foreign policy. But I would say he 
through the, the last months, there had been a transition. He was a libertarian candidate. He's more now as a populist, conservative candidate, especially with the election of a vice president candidate. So we should expect a foreign policy that looks more like Bolsonaro's or, or Trump hmm? uh, in, in terms of ideas, basically in terms of ideas, capitalists, and a position against what they call communism, socialism. So I would say that, that those are the main difference between the, the three main political sectors now in Argentina regarding foreign policy. In terms of the scale of any changes we might expect in Argentina's relationship with China, I recall that when Mauricio Macri was elected, there was some expectation that at least from the Argentine side, there may be some distancing between Argentina and China, which didn't occur. It seems like both China and Argentina were less ideological when it came to that relationship. Argentina remained interested in Chinese investment and in infrastructure, and China remained interested in, in engaging in the second largest economy in South America. Is that how you see it as well? And I know you mentioned there might be some red lines for a more conservative government, but would you expect the relationship to remain close? It has a lot to do with also with China's foreign policy and American foreign policy. It seems to me that there is a perception that there is not a necessity to side with one of the both uh, countries right now. That is what we need from China is basically trade and investment. What the U.S. doesn't want Argentina to do is to uh, take decisions in, in strategic areas such as uh, buying military planes from China, uh, such uh, as uh, allow a harbor to be built in the city of Ushuaia uh, that could be could be basically built by the Chinese. So I think the idea is that it's still possible to have very close relation with the U.S. by not crossing those red lines and at the same time uh, have an official relation with China in the economic field. The question is what will happen when if that eventually is not possible. Huh? And you really have to take decisions that will make it very difficult to deal with one of the other two countries. Again, I think the consensus in the position is that if that is the case, Argentina should side with the U.S. What about with regards to Argentina's relationship with Great Britain? The general position regarding the territorial dispute over the, the Falkland or, or Malvinas Islands seems to cut across partisan lines in Argentina, but there are different approaches to how to address Great Britain on other issues and whether that issue should be prioritized to the detriment of a, of a closer relationship with the British. What would you expect if the Peronists lose the Casa Rosada and let's say Millet or, or Cambiemos ends up controlling Argentine foreign policy? The first thing to say is that there is a consensus in Argentina that uh, there is not room for violence, military action regarding Malvinas. So I think that's important to mention. Then there has been a lack of a strategy in Argentina regarding relations with the UK and Malvinas in the sense that with each government 
foreign policy has changed sometimes quite dramatically. And the two main options have been either to to try to reach uh, to get closer to the to the to the islands uh, by building economic relations and, and other options, and on the other hand, uh, positions that are more in looking for a confrontation diplomatically with the UK, gaining some support from other countries to create incentives for the British to negotiate with Argentina. So that's a f- the first thing. We don't have a clear strategy. I think if the if the opposition parties win the this election, we will see steps taken regarding the possibility of improving relations with the UK. Thinking that in the long term, if we can build trust, if we can collaborate in other matters, economically, politically, it will be easier to start discussing the sovereignty of the island. So I would say we will see a, a significant change in that sense. Let's talk about Russia's invasion of Ukraine, how you've perceived Argentina's approach to the issue and whether we would expect Argentina to take perhaps a more aggressive posture should the election end up with an opposition victory. I mentioned in my introduction the notorious visit to Moscow by Alberto Fernandez just before the war and the impacts that had on Argentina's relationship with the United States and perhaps with some of its European allies. That said, at other moments, Argentina has been clearly critical of the invasion and has sided with the West in terms of of rejecting Russia's attempts to to claim territory in, in neighboring Ukraine. What do you think might happen, if anything, after this election with the way Argentina is approaching this important issue? To tell you the truth, I don't think we will observe a major change. I think there is a consensus in most Latin American countries, in the global south, in the sense that nations have condemned Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but they have not supported sanctions or chosen not to play an active role. Uh, even if Millet wins, I think Argentina will try not to get involved in global conflicts because the cost of that is perceived to be high. So that's one of the points of foreign policy that I don't see that we will see a, a major change. There is a consensus, of course, that Russian invasion to Ukraine it's bad per se, and it's bad as a present for middle-sized countries like like Argentina. I don't see a willingness to be involved in that discussion. Francisco, I mentioned earlier that President Alberto Fernandez attended the U.S.-hosted Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles, and that helped build bridges with the Biden administration and ultimately contributed to his invitation to, to attend the meeting in the Oval Office. At the same time, in Los Angeles, President Fernandez was very critical of the United States for its exclusion of authoritarian governments in that summit. And later, when he hosted a summit of CELAC in Buenos Aires, he very clearly invited um, all leaders from the region, including, including those who were not democratically elected. My question is whether you imagine a different approach to authoritarian governments in Latin America. I'll, I'll name the three most obvious cases, which are Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. And more broadly, Argentina's approach to democratic backsliding 
throughout the region. There's great concern, of course, in Guatemala, El Salvador, and elsewhere that democratic institutions are under assault, civil society, journalists, and others. What would you expect to see in terms of Argentina's regional human rights and democracy, defense and promotion policy under an opposition government, assuming the opposition wins in October? I think something that should happen is that there is, uh, we can build us in Argentina some consensus regarding foreign policy and issues that include human rights and democratic promotion. In that sense, I think there is a possibility, there is a chance of having a clear strategy. For that to happen, it's important to improve the dialogue between governments of different ideology in the region, as long as they support democracy and human rights. The new government has a chance to do that and to work closely with different governments of different ideologies. There is a le- lesson that has have been learned, both at the left and the right in Argentina, I think, that has to do uh, that we cannot advance in integration progress, just for instance, in the region, based on the ideology of the governments. I'm sure you remember attempts to get closer in terms of ideology with governments more on the left, with Lula, Sur, then we have ProSur with more conservative libertarian governments, and, and those strategies didn't work. No? So one, one way to do it work, I think, has to do with long-term policies, regardless of the ideology of the governments, but with a clear consensus regarding the importance of promoting democracy and human rights. Regardless if that comes from the right or the left, the challenge to the Republican institution. So I, I think regardless of who or which sector wins the election, there, there is a, a lesson that has been learned in that sense. And that will be a positive step in, in promoting democracy in the region. Francisco, before we conclude, I want to talk a bit about foreign economic policy or economic statecraft, as it is sometimes known. In Argentina, the partisan divisions, sometimes referred to as the grieta, seem to include several important areas of foreign economic policy, including the country's approach to free trade agreements. I'll mention one, the pending agreement between Mercosur and the European Union, but also Argentina's potential membership in the OECD. And it's broader integration beyond the Mercosur Customs Union and how it should consider the opportunities of of further opening its market um, and and reconsidering an industrial policy that has generally, like in Brazil, kept Argentina outside of many hemispheric and global supply chains. So two questions. One, is this part of the election campaign so far? Is there a debate about Argentina's economic strategy outside the country? Um, And number two, specifically, what do you think this election will mean for Argentina's approach to the EU-Mercosur agreement, to OECD membership, and any other big pending economic question right now in Argentina? First of all, I would say it's not a question that discusses today. It's an issue that's still with the 
foreign policy teams in the campaigns. And based on that, I would say that uh, the opposition parties are in favor of open the economy, signing free trade agreements. And there is an active, for instance, in the case of Horacio Rodríguez Lareta, where there is a specific team that's working uh, in the access of Argentina to OCDE. So it's one of their priorities. But it's a complex issue, no? There is also a sense that uh, it has become increasingly important for Argentina and countries in the region to sign this kind of agreements because of the opposition that this agreement have in, in the other nations. Uh, this is the case. The case of the European Union, not just Mercosur, countries are having problems to sign the agreement, but Mexico also. And this has a lot to do with domestic oppositions in countries such as France. Although it makes a lot of geopolitical sense for the European Union to sign these kind of agreements because Argentina and countries in Latin America are also in favor of multilateral system, there is a sense that this is becoming increasingly different. Hmm? And in the case of the US, there are some similarities in the case of Uruguay or Ecuador. I also want to sign free trade agreement, but because of domestic opposition, it has become very difficult for American presidents to advance in this agenda. So I think there is a risk that if elites in Latin America perceive that there is a, not a chance to sign these strategic agreements, uh, the perception will be that maybe China is the only option. So in this sense, a lot will have to do in, with the willingness of the elites in the U.S. and Europe to make the necessary sacrifice to advance uh, this agreement. So there is, a, I would say, a consensus. Maybe some sectors of the Peronist Party, they don't agree with that uh, in the sense of the dangers that these agreements can produce to, to the Argentine industry. The current government is not opposed to the, to the agreement either. So I would say that there is room for optimism. There is a sense that Argentina's economy is too close, that we, we should improve Mercosur, make it a more open uh, block, and that we should sign agreements with the European Union, eventually with the US, have closer relations with China. But there is a real danger that if we, our elite doesn't perceive that that is possible, they will look for for the Chinese as the only possible option, not just in terms of trade, but also in investment, especially for major infrastructure programs. To conclude, I would say that there are, there are opportunities in economic foreign policy. Uh, there are opportunities in terms of human rights and democracy. We will say some, some significant changes in in bilateral relations, and the and the doubt is Milay. Milay now is a competitive candidate to win the presidential election. He has not been precise regarding what he will do as president. We know what the parents will do in part because they are now in government. We know more about the radical and the pro party, and they have programs in foreign policy with a high 
consensus within the coalition. But we really don't have an idea what Millet says when he mentions automatic alignment with the U.S. and Israel. That's something that we should, as experts in the area, to study closely, no? And to have a, here from, in Argentina, maybe a closer dialogue with, with the members of the Millet Party to understand what they will do if eventually they, they reach Casa Rosada. Francisco de Santibanez, Vice President of the Argentine Council on Foreign Relations, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Benjamin. You have been listening to the Argentina Project podcast, a program about political and economic developments in Argentina and U.S.-Argentina relations. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. To learn more about the Wilson Center's Argentina Project, visit wilsoncenter.org LAP. And please join us again next time for another episode of the Argentina Project podcast.